0: Welcome to Blee TV, the podcast of best shows on TV, and I'm Cash.
1: And I'm Larissa.
0: And here we are for the season finale of such a great show, Mr. Robot.
1: I, uh, it feels like I've been watching this show my entire life. What, what am I going to do without it?
0: <laughs> I'm not going to go that far, but uh, it was definitely a great show. And I think the episode of this one was called Titles and Deeds.
1: That's what it was supposed to be called.
0: Oh, that's what it was supposed to be called. No, it was uh, Pythons, just like the last one.
1: Which is a much better title. So
0: much better. I I honestly think, after hearing that he almost called it Titles and Deeds, it uh, kind of downgraded the episode a little bit.
1: Well, I mean, give him some credit. Titles are kind of what everyone's worst at.
0: Oh, coming from experience over there?
1: Uh, I'm an embarrassing, I'm, I'm embarrassing when it comes to titles. You know this. It's like, I, I did a show about kidnapping and I literally called it caught for like six weeks.
0: That's pretty bad.
1: It's really, really bad.
0: But, uh, he saved it with pythons and, uh, it played perfectly with this pretty much the entire season, I would say.
1: I just, I, there were so many moments in which I just wanted so hard, just like, <laughs>
0: What? What? And the reason why we know it's Tiles and D is because I did a lot of research for these, this last uh, pod. You know, I wanted to try bring out some different things. I listened to a lot of interviews, a couple of different podcasts that he was on. And uh, even talked about how he did a little bit of wikipedia to see... And
1: I did a, a moderate amount of research. <laughs> yeah,
0: just to see uh, what Pythons was and if this really was a FBI strategy. And it truly is an FBI tactic.
1: That was uh, that was definitely one of my favorite moments, if y'all listen to the Watch podcast, uh, where they're talking about, like, oh, there was a lot of information about pythons in this episode, did you just know all that? And he was like, no, nah, I think there's a fair bit of Wikipedia in this one, that made me laugh. <laughs> a little bit on I the mean, fly. I mean, you gotta be honest.
0: Yeah. And I mean, th- there was a lot of insight, which if you want to learn more about Sam Esmo, they had a great interview with the guy, and I, I learned a lot. From just his thought process of watching the show and everything.
1: Yeah, I think uh, Sam Esmail is definitely a man I would like to have a coffee with. He thinks about things very um, interestingly.
0: He, he really does. And I mean, we can see that come throughout the show. Because he even says he's a bit like Elliot in his real life.
1: Which is funny because when he was talking about that, he was talking about how Rami Malek kind of infuses the character and he was like and Rami's not like that at all like he's this you know outgoing extroverted like really good with people and he goes I'm more like Elliot than anyone
0: yeah social butterfly which I didn't it never really occurred to me that uh like it's occurred to me that Elliot's not white and same as Rami Malik since he, that's who he's playing but I never would have really guessed he was Egyptian American and it's never really bothered me like, I've never looked at this cast and realized how diverse it is. In well,
1: that sense. I love the moment. Um, he was doing an interview with The Vulture. And um, he's talking about... They asked him just that. Like, did you go into the show wanting it to be ethnically diverse? and what i really liked about it is he was like you know i like i like and dislike that there's this movement nowadays to have more people of color and of different backgrounds in tv he said on the one hand it's great to explore those characters and we should have you know a wider array of people that we're seeing but on the other hand for some people it started to seem like homework like ooh, we have to have an african-american we have to have a native american we have to have this kind of person so he's mentioned that when he was writing these characters he didn't really mention their race, he mentioned that they were just of a different race, and he kind of let the casting process and the character process flow, flow organically from there.
0: Yeah, and I think they've done a great job at being diverse without having to pinpoint it, like you said, like making somebody a certain race just to appease us.
1: Ethnically ambiguous, that is kind of the name of the game right now, and...
0: Which is still pretty much unheard of. And I mean, it just shows the groundbreakingness that he is doing on this show. Like, I mean, he has literally not followed a single rule.
1: Nope. Like, uh, especially, you were right. You know, I, throughout every, I feel like every podcast, I was like, who directed this? Because I just couldn't believe that he had directed all of them. And he has. And he kind of hinted that he was going to do the same thing. For the third season, he may not write them all, is what he said, but he's pretty confident he's going to direct them all, and I'm like, it just doesn't work that way on anything else.
0: Well, it was insane, because he wasn't done with this show until, like, the final episode with, until, like, two weeks before it aired, and it might have even been going on before that, where he was still doing cuts and stuff, which is just crazy to me.
1: Yeah, I mean, he mentioned that, you know, he shows each edit to the editor, the assistant editors, the producers, you know, everybody that's immediately involved with the show. And then if they don't like it, they go back in and do another one.
0: Yeah. And we did get a lot of this information from our good friend, Reg, who's been emailing us nonstop. And I could not thank him more for bringing a lot of this to us.
1: I feel like I know him. (laughs) He's like our little Mr. Robot fairy.
0: He really is. And also... Uh, I, I'm going to be jumping ahead, but towards the end credits, we see a fries, And that, that was, yes. <laughs> and so we saw yeah, the, the other, credits, we saw the fries. yes. And it was the, uh, other technology store that has a lot been like mentioned My yeah, it was a lot like micro center. And this one was filmed in Arizona in case anyone was wondering. They that.
1: actually went to Arizona?
0: Yeah, this one was filmed at the Arizona location of Fries, according well, to Sam Smiley. Well, remember,
1: Bogley always talked about his friend in Arizona, his friend in Arizona, and that's yeah. where they went. I can't believe they committed to actually going to a Fries in Arizona. And wow. Appa-
0: and apparently each Fries is uh known for it's like outside look, like the UFO or some have a rocket ship or like they're kind of known for that.
1: Yeah, the one in uh, Austin has this big Like, definitely extraterrestrial signage outside, so yeah.
0: Well, there you go. But, okay, you know, we'll we'll probably be bringing up a lot of these different interviews and just podcasts and stuff all throughout, but now I think we can safely dive into the episode. And the season as a whole.
1: What?
0: I said, and the season as a whole, since this is sadly the finale.
1: Yes. We did get two more episodes this season than we did the first season, though.
0: We did, but did we really? Because the first episode was two episodes, and the season finale was like two episodes, even though they were both one episode.
1: Well, the first two episodes were also like an hour long each, so overall there was a lot more content. So
0: much content, and the (laughs) and a lot left on the cutting room floor, which I'm kind of excited. uh,
1: You speaking of the interviews he was talking about like oh my god we've got like a 12 minute cold open we can't do that that's ridiculous but everybody liked it so they just do it
0: he, he's he was just talking about how he was just waiting for everyone to say cut it yeah i don't want to do this but and the episode it was was when darlene and elliot were just sitting there smoking having a nice conversation and just getting to know both of these characters
1: my favorite part was when he said, you know, I really don't like long episodes, I start to fall asleep after 45 minutes, and I don't remember who said it. he's like, says the guy who had the hour and nine minute opener.
0: <laughs> but, and also, like, the thing I talked about, I don't know if I said it on the pod, but I remember saying it to you, was, I've never loved a show so much and fallen asleep during it, as much as I have with this show.
1: I know, it's like, we, we mentioned that watching this show, in a way, kind of feels like work. Because there's so much that goes into it that you just, you gotta be really present for it. And then you work so hard that you just fall asleep. (laughs) Yeah,
0: I mean, I probably fell asleep during three or four of these episodes. And not trying to or anything, it's just, it happens.
1: Maybe it's like when you go to, like, a musical or a show or something and you're, like, really actively enjoying what you're doing, but you just can't stop yawning and you get really tired. I I don't
0: know. (laughs) I don't know, I think that's more due to liquor.
1: Excuse me, I'm sober at all of my shows. Uh huh. Every single one.
0: Mm-hmm. Anyway. But um, stop
1: drinking while you watch Mr. Robot.
0: No, I, that that just sounds like depression that I don't need in my life.
1: Yeah, that just sounds like getting a call from you at three a.m. saying, "What does it all mean?"
0: Yeah, like, there's gonna be nothing good coming from drinking and watching Mr. Robot. Huh,
1: takes a shot of whiskey. What's even real? <laughs>
0: But as we're strolling through this episode and stuff, um, and there was so much to go on, but were you convinced that Tyrell was real all throughout the episode?
1: Yes. Um, I remember in the last pod, I kind of wavered a little bit. I said that the show could be setting it up for the possibility of him maybe being not real, but I, uh felt in my heart throughout the whole season that he was going to be alive and well. And I knew for sure when Elliot started to doubt whether Tyrell was real, I was like, Oh, now Elliot is saying this guy might not be real. I don't believe you
0: anymore. Yeah. Like it was, they did a really good job with it. Cause all throughout this point, like when they're typing, when they're going to the room, the painter guy pays no attention to Tyrell and stuff. And the entire time I'm just thinking like, man, they have done a perfect job of having no one or anything acknowledge Tyrell. And also,
1: d- during that sequence, just to say, just to say, did you notice that the song jumped back 15 to 20 seconds? I did not. The, so, I was actually listening for it at that point, so it wasn't like an organic, like when uh they had the song playing in the background, uh when they were going up the elevator, yeah, it jumped back after the brownout.
0: Ooh, I'll have to go back and listen to that. Yeah. And there is something big about the brownouts. Like
1: I mean, there's a lot of talk about alternate timelines. There's even some theories that uh, Rami Malik is like the grown-up son of Tyrell and Joanna. Like, people are getting nuts.
0: I have seen that one. I'm not going to go anywhere near that theory.
1: No. I mean, I, I don't personally believe in it, but I do think that the show is definitely messing with time as you know doubly proven by them using a bunch of songs from back to the future
0: which just kind of happened organically which was really funny
1: yeah that he just like he was talking about editing the episode and he was like oh all these songs are from back to the future it's like did you really not know
0: (laughs) oh good stuff but i mean i don't want to deep dive too much into the end of the episode or phase two but i I just wanted to know your stage
1: two remember he doesn't like Sam Esmail is not like us using FaZe. You're stage. right.
0: Stage. two. And uh, how did you feel about the interrogation process between Dom and Darlene?
1: Um, I think, like, so something that he mentions a lot is that the stories we're telling on TV and movies and the scenes that we're creating and the things that are being done have all been done before. Yeah. You know, there are a lot of things in Mr. Robot that we talk about that are tropes, but we're okay with it because they're doing it in a creative way. Now, the way that he personally, as an auteur, decided to deal with these tropes was to have interesting characters so it felt fresh and new. I knew that we were going to get the, you know, Angela, or not Angela, sorry, whoa, Darlene, you know, fighting back till the end and, you know, not wanting to give in and then like, you know, Dom kinda being cool and collect and da 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 and then getting her in the end. I knew we were gonna get there because I've watched Law and Order SVU. Like I know how
0: <laughs> And big shout out to their partner T V show Law and Order on USA as well. Yep. I thought that was a nice little way to do it.
1: So I mean I you know me and Law and Order were days. <laughs> so I was like, oh and um yeah and I so it felt like I'd seen it but it, it it was fun still. And it, it really it felt worked. Organic.
0: It really worked because I felt like Darlene would know all these things, and it fit the strength of her character and just. Also, kind of
1: Darlene's alive. Just glazed over that.
0: Not not even just alive, but unharmed.
1: I loved I loved when they first came in and she was like, "You got a little, you know, maybe you want to tuck it off, take it off," and she's like, "I know there's fucking blood on my jacket." <laughs> <laughs> it's like.
0: It's like, yeah, that was pretty much the perfect Darlene response right there.
1: Right, and uh, and you know she's wearing it as a protest Mm-hmm. all the same.
0: But no, I was a little upset that she was not hurt, because from where the bullet holes are, there's just no way. But I
1: agree with you, but at the same time, we couldn't have had what we had.
0: If she was in a hospital bed. No, I, I 100% yes. agree, but... And we would be missing out on a lot because, man, the reveal at the end of this interrogation process is...
1: I, number one, the song choice with that was perfect. The slow-mo, the slow reveal, like, it was, I I got goosebumps thinking about it and I had goosebumps the whole time. Just
0: everybody, watch, like, all the different pans to the looks of the FBI members as Darlene was walking towards the room
1: was... Well, The best part about it is that Dom, the whole episode, is trying to find how to get Darlene to react. So she uses sympathy, she uses tough love, she uses proof, and nothing works. Proof worked a little bit. It worked a little bit. It cracked her veneer, but it didn't, like, get her. And uh, I think think what worked in the end is when she uses that argument, like, Darlene, you are special, I'm going to show you how. And it's not necessarily a good thing, but... You know, she says, no matter what happens today, you and I were part of one of the biggest events in history. And she says, I'm not special. I've learned that. But she wants to be. Yeah. You know?
0: She wants to matter. we
1: have this great slow motion scene of, like, literally everybody in the office getting up and looking at her because, oh, shit, that's F society girl.
0: Yeah. It's like, hey, wait, why why are we taking her to everything? Like, we we don't want to show her this. And then, oh, my God. The reason Dom has looked like she knows everything, is it's because she knows everything. She knows everything, and like once this board's being shown over and glossed over, I'm just like, holy shit! Everyone is on this board, you know? They're not missing a person. And
1: I, I freaked out. I I was literally sitting there like, they've they've been painted as so incompetent as to be almost cartoonish, this whole whole season, and then they know. Everything.
0: Everything. You know, like my mind was blown. Like I paused the screen. Like I'm going up and down. I'm trying to find everybody. I'm like, no, Trenton, Mobley, everybody. I was like, Cisco, Elliot? How is Angela on here? Like there's no reason.
1: Just, just, just. Ollie, I feel like was on there. Yeah,
0: Ollie was on it. Shayla was on the board. Ollie? Shayla. Like who? Oh my god. Like just everybody. Now, I mean, they don't have Elliot. They just have Elliot through the connections of Darlene and Tyrell, and then they have like Shayla and a few other people off of connections off of him. But they don't really know who Elliot is, you know. They're yeah, still just like, wondering. that's to,
1: the only thing they don't have, which gives me a sneaking suspicion that Darlene's going to have to take the ball for him.
0: Well, they have Darlene as the ringleader of F Society, according to the board.
1: Yeah. So if she admits to being that person, they might stop looking so closely at Elliot.
0: Well, I mean. We don't even know. Like they just want to interview Elliot, which is weird that they want to interview him and they had him in jail. Like I mean, they had him incarcerated and everything. Like they even had that on the board.
1: Yeah. So so, well, maybe they can't extradite. I don't know. I don't know what the laws are.
0: Extradite. I mean, he's he's in New York. Like the FBI could have just went and visited him. Like I mean, there's no extradition within the United States. Or like, they, I mean, so you don't just have to
1: taking them at, taking them, you know, to talk to them. I don't know. Because I don't think they can just come for visitation. Why? I don't
0: know. Like, I, mm, I'm pretty sure that the FBI could just go visit someone in jail and ask them a few questions.
1: All right. Well, then we'll just let that plot hole sit there.
0: But I mean, <laughs> it. I, I think it's just sitting on the, uh, you know, Python theory that they can lie in lie wait for months, sometimes even a year.
1: Well, Python's yeah, I mean, they eating. probably thought that Elliot... Remember, Elliot was supposed to be there for 18 months, and he only served three. So maybe they thought he wasn't quite as important as other people that they needed to follow and pay attention to, and then all of a sudden he was out of prison.
0: Or they just didn't want to tip off Darlene to the fact that they were visiting his bro- her brother in prison.
1: Oh, that's probably it.
0: And, I mean, that's the best reason I can come up with. And the more I think on it, that kind of makes sense.
1: yeah. Especially since, you know, all the interviews, all the times that she made connections with people were always so casual.
0: Yeah, and I mean, uh, Dom had said, you know, if you post the picture or something, they're going to scatter. You know, they're so terrified, this is this scatter. And we come to find out, that's exactly what happened. You know, Romero was brilliantly written, was just shot by a stray bullet. Freak accident.
1: Which was just, like... Oh, my and God. And Mowgli
0: and Triton just scatter. Darlene wants to run. To to <laughs> they didn't have
1: to go to a fries in
0: Arizona. They didn't have to go to a fries in Arizona. They didn't have to become irrelevant for four or five episodes. And uh, it it got Darlene really shook. You know, yeah, Ramer- she really,
1: well, she, you know, thought that The Dark Army was kind of coming to get her. So, like, at least for part of the season, this really kind of drove a wedge between their organizations, at least in terms of trust.
0: Oh, it completely shattered the trust within the organization. And it hurt her relationship with Cisco. She didn't trust him at all. You know, and she hits him in the face with a baseball bat. She breaks his computer. And we thought she was justified.
1: Even though he was arguably the love of her life. (laughs)
0: Eh, that's a bit of a stretch, but... That's
1: what she said, and I'm only using her words.
0: I mean, her very sarcastic words in the middle of an interrogation, but...
1: No, I believed that. Like, that was the only thing I. she said that I believed. Like, because she said it with some chagrin, like, Oh God, that's the love of my life.
0: Nope. I believe it. I not, believe it. Not anywhere near. Uh, I'm not touching that with a ten-foot pole.
1: I believe it. I think that she loved Cisco in her own way.
0: Maybe in her own way, but not in a way that's the love of her life.
1: That's what she said.
0: This is not a that's what she said contest, okay? (laughs) Oh my god. Get that out of here.
1: You get out of here. But. Forget about it. New
0: uh, York. Oh my god, you're too much.
1: I'm sorry.
0: But, I mean, we have just that brilliant scene that I I think was really the highlight of this. Well, it was one of the strongest moments of the season, I would definitely say. Which part? The FBI reveal scene.
1: Oh, my God.
0: Just, like, the build-up and everything, and just that reveal was just so much for me. And a lot of people didn't like this episode and stuff, but that alone was enough for me to love this
1: episode. I think it was... Definitely more simple in terms of a lot, like, when you look at other episodes this season and, like, how many arcs they explored, this one really only had two.
0: Yeah. Well, I no. Mean,
1: it, had, it had it had a third. It did have an A, B, and C, you know, because we did have Joanna figuring out where all her gifts were coming from. Which
0: was amazing. Like, to come back to this, you know. After we,
1: all this time. After like, all this the last time. last time we saw him?
0: After, I believe, he burned the money, you know, in the season opener. But I mean, not just, and he's also on the board, by the way. But, you know, this happened last season. You know, Tyrell killed his wife and everything. And then we see why he's become such a destructive path. You know, he just found out his wife was pregnant. He had just become CTO. You know, they're having this big thing in his honor. And then he realizes his wife is willing to cheat on him while she's pregnant with his child. And she gets murdered on the top of a roof.
1: Like, like, that, like, oh, the pregnant thing. I was like, you had to, Mister Robot, didn't you? You had to. <laughs> like,
0: there was so much to like bring him up, and then not. They didn't just pull the rug out from underneath him. They made sure he face planted into the concrete, and then like a hundred pound brick comes and lands on his back.
1: Because not only does he snap and beat the shit out of her, but she is going to destroy his life. You should not have let her go.
0: No. But, was it just me or did it look like she was getting off on this?
1: I mean, I definitely think that she was, you know, struggling.
0: (laughs) I mean, I think she was struggling like towards the end, but at the beginning, I definitely felt like she was getting off on it in a way
1: well i mean she did aunt he, he, she did uh the first thing she said to him when i was out of all the things you gave me this one got me the most wet and it's a picture,
0: picture of the
1: sonogram yeah
0: so. oh yeah. man and did you expect him to be the one giving the gifts no because like it made so much sense like when the bodyguard was like are you sure this is the house he's there right now and like thinking back i was like Okay, she would know where he lives. You know, they've been to their house and everything. But, yeah, I was not expecting to see this guy. And I was very happy to see that this story got wrapped up. And we came back to it. Like, I mean, there was a lot of payoff in that.
1: I mean, there was and there wasn't. Because it's like, where else can we go with her now?
0: Well, Tyrell's alive, so there's a lot of places we could still go.
1: Yeah, I guess, but, I mean, it's like we had all this mystery and intrigue built up, and then it's just like, oh, nope, it's over. I guess they had to tie up one thing this season.
0: I mean, I don't think that her story's far, I thought it was over, you know, earlier in the season, but that's because I thought Tyrell was dead, and I thought we were done with her. But now I think Tyrell's going to come back into the picture. Her little boy toy is going to get the shaft hard. Like, he's going to throw Scott underneath the bus, and then he's going to get ran over from that same bus.
1: Well, I mean, she's just used him until, she, like, as she's needed him, and she needs him to help her out with, you know, this whole framing him thing. And it's so sad because he's, like, so upset. And he's got all the bravado of, like, you know, I'll kill him, I'll kill him. You just tell me where she is. And she goes, You really want to punish him? And, and then, then she like, tells him, a he's freaking
0: like, oh, python. What? Like uh-huh. a it said, and like a python, she comes out with this plan that she's been waiting to use for months.
1: So, everybody's a python. Aww. Sam Esmail with the planning title.
0: That was terrible.
1: You know, it's true. Okay. You can't say it's not true. It Stage is definitely. Stage 2 is a python, the FBI is a python, Joanna is a python. Well, she's been a python from the beginning <laughs>
0: But, I mean, no, it really just dawned on me that she had just kind of been laying in wait to use that plan. And then she just finally got the reason to use it. You know, I mean, I'm sure that that's what they were using, but I have no idea.
1: I mean, I I don't know if she, like, I think she was kind of waiting and maybe waiting, like, got to know that guy so that she could cover Tyrell later. Mm. but then everything else went down and she used it now because it kind of seemed like she would get involved with that guy just to frame uh, Scott the CTO yeah but I don't and and, and, which is a good reveal but it also seemed so like spur of the moment like I'm now deciding to use this I don't think I think she did it because he beat her up
0: yeah well she was waiting for a reason to use it Cause she knew she wanted to frame him the entire time. I mean, I I feel like that is true. She wanted revenge for whenever he got revenge. And so now she had the reason.
1: I wouldn't be surprised if that were true. I just think it needs a little more confirmation.
0: I'm okay with that. I'm okay with it needing a little bit more confirmation.
1: Yeah.
0: And so, I mean, we have Don. we have the FBI. And so how are you feeling about Angela.
1: I am so interested in what, just what, like, I, I, she's gone through such a crazy character arc already, and I think she's already going through another, like, I didn't see her pause at the end, she just spoke her mind, because she's all confident and with White Rose and doing something.
0: I'm very interested to see what White Rose told her in that room and everything, like.
1: That's like 100% the thing I need to know most
0: right now <laughs> how did Angela become so convinced so quickly or is it necessarily so quickly because we are not necessarily told the time frame so I mean I guess before we get back to Angela we can jump to the end and talk about the final scene which was very fight club like I'm not gonna say it was a hundred percent fight club but we're looking off into a building that's supposed to be getting blown up and someone split personality who we think is a split personality is holding a gun and someone gets shot
1: well and then the lights go out and yeah. the end. so you think like it's happening but I to quickly interject I still think that White Rose is hacking time and told Angela she could save their parents so.
0: I don't believe there's any way he's hacking time
1: that's my theory.
0: So what is your theory in full?
1: Um, I think that they are figuring out ways to go back in time or at least split timelines. And I think that they that White Rose's vision was to create a world in which time can be controlled.
0: I think you're going just a little too sci-fi. I think you're going a little too sci-fi for the show.
1: I mean, I think so, too, and that's why it's just a theory. (laughs) But that is kind of where my brain's going. We're going to be in, like, season five, and I'm going to be like, ha!
0: On zero to 100, how much are you putting on this theory? Uh,
1: like 40%. Really? Yeah. That's
0: pretty high.
1: I, I just, I... Maybe not necessarily on the parents thing, but I definitely think that White Rose is trying to find a way to control time.
0: I mean, I can see control time, but going back in time and stuff, that's a little much.
1: I mean, isn't that why everybody tries to control time? And what songs were they playing from? Back to the Future, what do they do? Go back in time. Just saying.
0: Yeah, but that's still way too sci fi Like, I mean, this show is anchored. I would
1: say yes, but, you know, I've seen shows jump further
0: before. This show's really based on reality. Like, they have an on-staff psychologist to make sure that Elliot's psychological disorder is as accurate as humanly possible.
1: Which I greatly respect, but, you know, it is still a feasible way that the show could go.
0: Not seeing it. Not seeing it at all.
1: It's okay. We can agree to disagree.
0: Okay. We have happily agreed to disagree here. And, but, you know, like I said, it was very fight club-ish. And we're getting to the part to where, like you said, Elliot, or we realized that Tyrell was real because Elliot's just a little too confident. You know, like he's taking back reality. He's like, no, 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 no. I'm taking control of this. He's not real. I can do what I want.
1: Yeah, because, like, it's after he finds out what stage two is, which is getting rid of all the paper backups, which I thought might be a a possibility, but I didn't say it. I need to say what I'm thinking, which is why I said my my theory earlier. It might even be wrong, but at least I said it.
0: There we go. You're going to be able to get credit and rub it in people's noses if it happens.
1: Just yours.
0: (laughs) That's the only one that matters?
1: That's the only one that matters.
0: Okay. But...
1: Um, but, yeah, so, you know, he has this um, sort of realizing that this is wrong.
0: Well, I mean, it goes back to when Mr. Robot just wanted to blow up the backup records earlier, you know, back in season one. You know, he wanted to take out the nuclear plant. And Elliot was like, no, like, that's going to hurt people. And that's the same thing here. Elliot doesn't want innocence to get hurt.
1: Which is why, you know, Mr. Robot is saying, like, if it's going to work, we have to go all the way. And, you know, Elliot's trying to figure out what's all the way, what's all the way, what's all the way, and then he finds yeah. out what all the way is.
0: This is one of the most confusing things to me is, if he would have just told him that Tyrell was real, he wouldn't av- risk getting shot. Like, I mean, I guess maybe you could say that Elliot wouldn't believe him or anything, but if he told Elliot that Tyrell was real and he would shoot him, I gotta think Elliot's gonna act differently in this scene.
1: Well, he basically was. He was saying, Elliot, you're going to get shot.
0: That's different than saying Tyrell is definitely real. You know, those are yeah, two... Yeah, but
1: he was pretty much saying, like, this is happening right now.
0: But he wasn't saying it, like, directly. Like, I mean, he was just...
1: He nothing is ever said in the show directly.
0: But, and I mean, I'm saying, I don't understand why Mr. Robot was not being directly. Because he's linked to Elliot. Like, if Elliot dies, Mr. Robot dies.
1: Well, because, you know, there was that moment where he said, like, I'm sorry, kiddo, I didn't want to, have to do this, but, like, this is all the way because nothing can stop us, not even us, which was a cool line.
0: Yeah, which still doesn't tell me. So does he think that if they are around, there's just no way they're going to be able to get stage two off?
1: Yeah, I think he just thinks that the human part of Elliot or the moral part that, you know, we've seen when he tries to take down these guys, like a vigilante hacker, is just always going to get in the way of completing their process.
0: So he, so Mr. Robot feels he has to completely take Elliot out of the equation for stage two to go off.
1: Yes, which I also think is true because, you know, we're talking when... When uh, Sam Esmail was talking about these seasons in terms of stages, he said like the first season was Elliot coming to terms with like what was real and what wasn't. This last season was him kind of fighting against it. And then he uh, previewed that season three is going to be about their disintegration, about how there's no way that they can uh, cohabitate and they start to fall apart. And does that mean that Elliot erases Mr. Robot or Mr. Robot erases Elliot?
0: I think they're both going to be here till the end of the series. I, I don't think we're ever going to get rid of either one of them.
1: Well, we can't, yeah, we can't cut Christian Slater.
0: <laughs> I really hope not because he's doing a fantastic job. I definitely job.
1: think that'll be, you know, a question.
0: But I think Elliot did a terrible job of realizing what is real and unreal in this season. So I think Sam's got a little bit more work to do from season one.
1: I know, I was just sitting there. I was like, Elliot, you're going to get shot. Elliot, Elliot. <laughs> stop Elliot and he's just like no I'm the master of my fate I'm like oh buddy oh you're not and
0: then he was definitely shot yeah 100% shot were you heartbroken at like how heartbroken Tyrell was over the fact that he shot Elliot
1: yeah he was so upset like when he's on the phone with Angela he's like I love him and I'm like Tyrell
0: now what kind of love do you think he's talking about like because we have like you said there's the theory of Ty- or elliot's tyrell's un like son in a sense um they could be he truly loves him um or just like a brotherly love
1: i don't think there's any way even if that's true tyrell could know that yet um so i think it's just like an he idolizes elliot and he feels like elliot set him free so it's i think it's almost like a like a not necessarily like a mentor but, like, you know, in cults, when they have their leaders, I feel like Elliot is the cult leader to Tyrell.
0: Maybe, but I mean, Tyrell sees himself as an equal. Because like, when we go back to the opening of this episode, you know, we get the rehash of the previous scene to where Elliot or Tyrell's talking to Mr. Robot. And then we fast forward, or not really fast forward, but go back to that, and he's talking to elliot and we get the finish of that scene
1: which was it was very interesting to see elliot be mr robot
0: it was it's always i always like when they do that yeah but you know
1: but even in that scene he wanted to be elliot's equal but he knew he wasn't like elliot kept saying things and he was like tell me i want to understand i want to understand like please let me in on the secret like he's desperate to feel like he's included and like he's on Elliot's level, which yeah. means he doesn't feel like he is.
0: Okay, I can see that. I'm not I'm not in love with that by any means, but I can definitely see it.
1: Yeah, I definitely think that Tyrell idolizes Elliot and sees Elliot as kind of like the person that was responsible for his awakening or enlightenment or power or what have you.
0: I like power more than anything of what you just said. And I think, okay, yeah, I can see the love as he sees Elliot as more of his leader, in, in a sense, like you say, cult leader.
1: Yeah, because it's not a healthy relationship.
0: Not by any means.
1: So, but nothing is with Cyril.
0: And so now we get, Angela gets a call. And we have no idea what the time frame of this call is.
1: No, we I, do not.
0: Do you think it's immediately after?
1: Well, I don't remember. Is she in the same outfit?
0: I have no idea.
1: I feel she she had a ponytail and she was wearing a black suit. So I don't know if she was like in the same outfit or not.
0: I feel like she has many of black suits.
1: That's true. But I just, you know, that's what she's been wearing for the last few episodes. And she said, and he says, you know, when Elliot wakes up, she says, when Elliot wakes up, I should be the first one to see him. And he says, I love him. And she says, so do I. And so I think it's definitely after he's been shot.
0: Well, I I think it's safe to say that this is after Elliot has been shot.
1: I Hey, don't sass me. I don't know. And um, I think that when the, when there's that big blackout at the end, maybe that's stage two happening but you know as confirmed by sam esmail it has not yet happened chronologically in the show
0: i don't think the blackout necessarily has anything to do with stage two just because it this is a just sustaining building i don't think it has anything to do with the power grid so i guess this portion of stage two i don't think it has anything to do with
1: well, I don't know, maybe the Dark Army is keeping up their side of it, because clearly they're the, they're the ones causing all the blackouts. Yeah.
0: And I don't, that's what I'm saying, Like, I don't think it necessarily has to do with this part of stage two, as in getting rid of the physical dark documents. Yeah. Because they're just kind of setting charges, or they're, they're not setting charges, they're making everything into charges, which is a pretty sinister thing that they're doing. Just overloading the batteries and imploding it from within with what's already there. Holy cow. But, I mean, I think this is definitely about a week later just because of the strength that Angela's gained. Because she seems like a 100% completely different person and fully in control. And I don't think that that just happens immediately after White Rose tells her his or her plan.
1: But she already did. She already seemed very different.
0: She did already seem different, which is what's leading me to think that it is such a. I know I'm saying like a week, like it's a long time away, but think of how much can happen in a week, especially on this show.
1: Uh, a whole bunch. <laughs> yeah, I just I I think that she's definitely maybe also been offered the sense of stability and power from White Rose that she was seeking in her life and at E Corp and so she feels calmer.
0: Yeah. So I mean, are you, how what's your time frame are you thinking?
1: Well, if I I honestly I I'm not 100% sure but I feel like she was in the same outfit so I feel like it's that night.
0: Oh, so you think this She's getting the call directly after Tyrell shot him.
1: Well, not directly after. After they've, like, moved him to a location and, like, made sure he's, like, going to be okay and stuff. But
0: so, like, a couple hours? Yeah. Okay. No, I, I think it's later than that just because, as we were previously saying, the whole point to shoot Elliot was to completely prevent him from taking part in stage two. Yeah. And so, I just don't see... Like, if we shot him and stage two isn't in the process of happening or just essentially happening, what was the point of shooting him? Like, you're just making it very difficult on yourself as a writer. You know? Yeah. But, I mean, that's just, that's to me. I mean, that's how I'm feeling. I'm seeing it.
1: Well, I mean, that's, I guess we'll have to
0: wait. We're definitely going to have to wait.
1: Until 2017.
0: (laughs) Then we have the after scene, which you didn't, or the after the credits scene, which you didn't know about and I I was able to tell you.
1: Oh my god. Once again, podcast fam, I can confirm USA's playback is total freaking garbage. I'm trying to watch a two minute clip of this after the credits scene, and it would buffer forever, start for two seconds, and then jump to the next video and, like, not even play it. I'm like, what are we doing here?
0: Was it not on YouTube by that point?
1: It was, but at that point, I was like, I just really want to know if they suck as bad, and they do, and they suck worse.
0: So did you watch the entire thing on the USA Playback, or did you YouTube it? No,
1: I, I gave up. I tried three times, and it did the same thing three times in a row, and it, and I was so mad <laughs> that um, I, I went to, like, a freaking people magazine and they had like a like a, a embedded video and I was like that this
0: uh. nice and so we get Trenton and Mobley at the Fry's location beautiful she does
1: not have her hijab on that she does awesome
0: not to me and they're sitting there drinking big gulps and Mobley's trying to switch drinks halfway through and I was like are you dating I'm like what, what's going on here
1: I mean, I switch drinks with my best friends, if you like the other flavor more. I think it's just showing that he's trying to be more normal, and she's definitely trying to get back into things, because she's talking about how she knows a way to reverse everything.
0: Yeah, so is she trying to bring back all of E-Corps records and stuff, and bring all the debt back?
1: Yeah, that's, that's definitely what I think she was saying.
0: Okay, that's what I thought she was saying, but I wasn't sure. Which made me really nervous, because one of my personal favorite characters, and I feel like a podcast favorite character, Leon. Leon is
1: back. badass!
0: Who coincidentally wanted to be an actor before anything else.
1: Which is so, it's so funny, and I just, I love that... Sam Esmail is, like, such a fanboy for Joey Badass. He's like, I love him. I want him more in the show.
0: <laughs> he was like, yeah, and now they got my hands on him. I'm not going to let him go. And so yep. excited to know that we're going to be getting more of Joey Badass. But, you know, they're like, hey, we're on a break. And he's like, oh, no, don't worry. I just want to know the time. Or do you like, have the time? time? Yeah.
1: Time.
0: <laughs> so, I mean, we already knew he was with uh, the Dark Army and everything. But this just confirms that he's... I feel like he confirms he's a pretty high up person in the Dark Army. Because yeah. it's such a White Rose question.
1: They're just... They're hacking time. It's happening. It's That's my theory.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: And I think that that uh, last little line upholds that a little bit.
0: Because of White Rose's obsession, him asking do you have the time is confirmation that white rose is hacking the time
1: no i just think that's in keeping with that theme and theory
0: it's just in keeping with the theory or the fact that white rose is obsessed with time that he goes on about every scene all
1: right whatever.
0: all right but whatever, probably. <laughs> and the curious thing was also on the fbi board they don't have white rose's female alter ego You know, I mean, there wasn't even, like, I I know Dom was smart enough to know that he doesn't have a sister or anything, but she didn't put anything like that on the board beside him.
1: That's true. Maybe, I don't know, maybe she thought it was personal. I don't don't
0: know. No, she made a... Maybe Dark
1: Army has their own board.
0: (laughs) No, because, I mean, they're part of the board. Like, I mean, you can see him. But, I mean, that was just an interesting thing that I noticed. And so, how would you grade the season as a whole? Um,
1: I think that there were definitely more parts in this second season where I was frustrated, like, with what they were doing in a not-great way. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and I definitely think that there were some episodes that were sort of boring, but, you know, it's the kind of thing where they were talking about, um... On
0: well do you think it all that The
1: worst that Sam mail does Is still better than the best of so many others
0: Do you think it all paid off At the end of the season
1: I think that We still have a lot of questions
0: Like we do with any Season ender <laughs> Like Walking yeah, Dead
1: Especially with this, this show
0: And so I, I think to me personally For the full season and everything It definitely paid off everything it answered most of the questions I had this season. Now, it did give me a lot more questions that I have going into the next season and going on, but that just has me more excited for next yeah. year.
1: I mean, it yeah, it definitely, it answered, like, this is stage two. It answered, um, you know, this is where Joanna's been getting the calls from. Is Tyrell alive? Like, all the stuff that you and I were, like, wanting to know the most. Um, and there was no... Someone's at the door.
0: It did not end with a door. It ended with a phone call.
1: If it had ended with a knock on Angela's door and she's like, I gotta go, and then we had seen the blackout and it ended, I would have been so mad. (laughs) You would have heard me screaming from Austin.
0: Which would have definitely been entertaining. But, I mean, I think we've pretty much checked up on everything that we wanted to. And can you think of anything else?
1: No, I mean, it's... Bring, it on, bring on the the next season.
0: Well, please, guys, uh, let us know if you have anything. What's your thoughts on this uh, controlling time theory? And uh, <laughs> if you have any other theories that we might have missed, we would love to hear them, you know. We can't really get enough of the show, and it's going to be sad that it's going to be probably about another year until we get back into it. But until Y'all then... might not
1: be hearing from me either.
0: No. I don't know why not, but...
1: Because the only thing I do with you is over. We're going to have to plan another show.
0: That, I mean, very easily can do. <laughs> but until next time, feel free to reach us on Facebook, Gmail, or Twitter at Bleetv Podcast. Email is bleetvpodcast at gmail.com. And uh, until next time, I'm Cash. And
1: I'm Larissa.